0: Thank you for listening to PowBlock Podcast, the flagship Nintendo podcast of Boss Rush Network. Do you need even more gaming and entertainment in your life? Head over to BossRush.net where you can find news, reviews, creators, podcasts, and more focused around the content you enjoy.
1: Welcome to Nintendo Power Black here on Boss Rush Network. I am your host, the Enlightened Excited V. Joining me is the insider himself, Mr. Dan Murphy. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. The gallivating gallatrat himself, Mr. Jacob Taylor.
0: Happy New Year, everybody.
1: Happy New Year, everybody. The elite black agents are back in the building. I'm so happy to be recording, talking to all things Nintendo. You guys, we have been gone for so long. But we have been keeping in contact, playing a lot of games. And this episode is Nintendo's Power Block Game of the Year episode. And let me tell you, we're changing it up a little bit because we're dedicating one particular game to the Garbador Award of questionable content. That's right, everybody. There is one particular game, and We'll see what it is. I, I, I am excited to see how this episode goes with the game of the year. Because, uh, Jacob, you got 10 gays.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: Dan, mm-hmm. you got 10 gays. And we're just going to go in. But before we get into that, everybody, Dan, how was your weekend?
2: Everything's been good, man. Um, I mean, it's been, like, crazy since last time we recorded. Like Christmas was here. Uh, it was like seventy degrees. Ariel and I were drinking champagne on the deck in our t-shirts outside playing cards. And then the next week, we got twenty inches of snow and lost power. So <laughs> it's uh, it's it's just been like crazy, crazy up and down. Um, but yeah, it, things have been good. How about you?
1: Oh man, so uh, I've been working. I uh, I actually didn't get out of work until like 11 o'clock on Christmas Eve. Um, and then I had to uh be at work the following day, kind of find out one of the managers wasn't feeling well. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. Get a phone call Sunday morning, she got COVID, oh. and so I had. So that Sunday, I had to work from 7.30 a.m. to 10, uh, 10 p.m. that night. So I did like kind of like a 15 hour day um, at, at work, uh, which was fine. I'm just like, you know what? This is some good money. This will go towards me getting some new glasses. Uh, and I'm excited to do that. Uh, but it was, it's been very interesting. Been playing a lot of games. Um, got some new snacks that I can't wait for to talk to you guys about snack tendo, um, have some really good conversations, uh, uh, for future podcast stuff um, that you guys will be able to see in the future. Um, just some really, really good discussions, uh, that we had. And, um, yeah, just like you, Dan. We had like uh, we had some snow, but right now all our roads are slippery. So it's an ice capade out there, um, just just slippery everywhere. And the like it's been like in the negatives for the last past four days um, here. Uh, but been doing a lot of gaming. Uh, I'm sitting, Jacob. Uh, been playing a lot of Xbox, getting some stuff there. Uh, but I'll talk about that a little bit later when we get into our holiday gaming. Uh, but Jacob, how was your uh, weekend? My
0: weekend was good, man. Becca came down from Tennessee, so she's been hanging out with me. She got a uh, she got a PS5 for Christmas, kind of. Uh, it was a gift for herself. Um, <laughs> but it was it's it's been a lot of fun watching her play. She's been uh, kind of devouring Spider Man um and then she wants to play spider-man miles morales but she wants to play the first one first and i even dipped into it a little bit i played a little bit of spider-man but i uh, kind of got bored after enough time i was gonna um, say
2: is there any room left for you after she got a uh <laughs> ps5 <PlayStation 5>? no <laughs>
0: yeah i mean i'm pretty much i'm pretty much like i'm done there's not really we're not really hanging out anymore she just plays ps5 no 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 it's been good <laughs> Um, we hung out with some friends of mine that she's also friends with, but has never actually met in person uh, on Saturday and kind of chilled. Chilled, been, been doing some good cooking, good meals. Excited to talk, we'll talk about Snack Tindo this week.
1: Oh, I am definitely excited, Dad. Thank you for blessing me with the uh, Robin picture.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, I noticed yes. that like I eat it every Monday before we report, record Power Block too, because it's like it's actually pretty easy to make. So, so yeah. it was
1: just like, I, yeah, it's funny. Well, everybody might as well get into snack Tendo, Dan. Dad. What have you been snacking on? And what what was your holiday snacks also? So for Christmas, I
2: actually make a um every year I make a prime rib. Um, it's like one thing I just do particularly really well. So um we actually didn't see any family or anything. We went to my family's house for Thanksgiving and all of her family's pretty far. So we just wanted to do Christmas at home this year. Mm-hmm. Um so it was just her and I, and I made a prime rib, and it was just like really nice and relaxing. Um But as far as like snacks go, um, Ariel's aunt does this thing where she makes like thousands and thousands and thousands of cookies, like just they have this like double oven and they make, I think, 26 different kinds of cookies (gasps) and they just divvy it up. They give it to their friends, they give it to their family and they like. I guess she started doing it as a gift like years ago, Mm -hmm. and it just like turned into this mega production where they just make cookies for a week and mail them out. So we just got our uh, cookies and fudge the other day, and it's nice. uh, None of them are bad; they're just awesome. It's like any any cookie you can think of, it it's there. And I think my favorite one of the bunch is a black and white cookie. Black and white
0: cookie. Mm -hmm. What's a black and white cookie? Oh, you've never had a black and white cookie? Oh, uh, my favorite cookie is a snickerdoodle.
1: Ooh, um nice.
0: And then, like, outside of that, there's, like, I like dark chocolate. I like white macadamia, but I don't know what a black and white cookie is. Yeah, it's, it's,
2: it's literally a cookie that's split down the middle. And one side is white and one side is black. It's like...
1: A half I know, and half? Well...
2: It's more the frosting that's on top that make it black and white, and I forget what like the nougat is, but it, it's something you just have to try. They're everywhere. Okay, I will. Yeah. I will have
0: to look at look into it.
1: Is it is it like the smiley face kind of icy to it? No,
2: it's it's a very unique kind of
1: ice cream. Okay. Yeah, because I know with a lot of cookies they use that kind of smiley face icing. It has a particular taste. It, they do it normally for sugar cookies. Um, mm. So that's why I was just like, I think I've seen one. It's like the black part is brown kind of, kind of to represent the chocolate and then the white frosty uh, is like on the other side. Okay. Got all, right. all right. Uh, was that all? Uh, that's they, all for me, yeah. Okay, Jacob, what have you been snacking on? Yeah, they snacks.
0: Uh, so Becca makes Becca makes um delicious sausage balls. Uh, and so I I was I've been eating a lot of those lately. But that's usually something that my my mom makes for Christmas. Uh, me and my brother love sausage balls, and so we use all of them. But but becca made them made the mistake of making them one year, and we raved about them, so my mom was like, "You have to make them every year now i'm I'm no longer making sausage <laughs> um so she made those and they're they're absolutely delicious. She uses spicy sausage and cream cheese and regular cheese um and it's just it's so, so good uh but then we've also we also uh picked up a slow cooker, so we've been having a lot of like slow cooker meals. We made taco soup, which was just like a whole bunch of different beans. Mm-hmm and um, other other things corn and other things like that like that put into the slow cooker and then cooked over like six hours and oh my god I've been eating it pretty pretty regularly I'm gonna have it for lunch tomorrow as well because we still have leftovers from it Uh, we also had potato soup we had slow cooker potato soup uh, and fresh homemade garlic bread last night Becca made the garlic bread it was absolutely delicious um, like just really really nice like artisan garlic bread, none of this like put into an oven stuff um and the the potato soup I actually liked a little bit more than the taco soup because it it was just like it was really hearty but still kind of it had that creaminess to it because it had it had some um some like whole milk and and uh some other ingredients that I don't actually remember. um but on the snack side of things, ed. Have you had so? I know you and Becca for a while there had like a Mountain Dew exchanging thing going yes. on. Have you had Mountain Dew Spark
1: yet? Yes, I have, and I will be talking about that. Okay, go
0: ahead. So I, I, we got we picked up Mountain Dew Spark, and I gotta say it's not it's not great, but it's not bad. It's like it's like a very like subtle flavor change in my opinion, and I I, I do like I, I do like drinking it. With a meal, I don't, I can't really drink Mountain Dew with a meal. It's more of just like right. I want a soda. But this is yeah. more like it's a lot more tame, so it's it's very more like it's more sippable, I think, which is nice. And uh, today, I found while I was out shopping, I found the Reese's and potato chip cups. No, uh, and potato chip cups. I'm not even starting there. Um, Becca hated them. <laughs> she, I gave, I gave her one, <laughs> and I had the other. And she she made like an awful face after the first bite and then handed it to me. Um, I love them though. I think that they I think that they're like that perfect because like they've done the pretzels and they yeah. did um, they've done Reese's like Reese's pieces inside the Reese's cups. Um, and then I think there was one other thing that they did. Maybe it was just like regular peanuts, but like all of those had like a saltiness to them. But this potato chip one was definitely the best out of all of it.
1: It's because the potato chip tastes like a Rice Krispie yeah. with all that peanut butter. Yeah, so you yeah, don't get that saltiness in it.
0: Yeah, it's it's it was solid, solid ten out of ten. Probably my favorite Reese's cup at this moment time.
1: Until you try, are, are you done?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm done. That's that's it for okay. me.
1: So I'm gonna go get, do my snack stuff <laughs> first before I get into my holiday meal. Mm-hmm. So I have had the Reese's snack cake this is a Reese's cup at the bottom is peanut butter at the top is a brownie with it but it's in cake texture in it covered in chocolate and uh, it's really just a Reese's, uh, Reese's cup with more chocolate into it I could not taste the brownie part at all the breading I, can, I could not taste it because the peanut butter was so overpowering in yeah. it that it was just like oh this is just a sweeter Reese's cup, so um, good to drink with milk. But I was just like, I was expecting the breading the cake part to really stand out, and it does not. Now, the Mountain Dew Spark, yeah, I tried the regular one and I tried the zero, and I think I like the zero better because it's less sweet, it's less sour. The regular spark tastes just like a lemonade Mountain Dew. I yeah. cannot taste no raspberry in it. That's and f- I was. Ex- Go oh ahead. ahead. No, I, I was just going to say
0: that's fair. So Sorry.
1: I was excited to try it because I thought, I actually thought it was a raspberry Mountain Dew. I didn't know that it was a raspberry lemonade. And I think because it, when you drink it cold the first time, it tastes like a Baja Blast. Mm hmm. And so I'm like, uh I'm I'm feeling it. I'm not feeling it, but I think I like the zero better because it's of uh, the less sugar or no sugar, and it's less uh sour and less sweet with it. Like I I had to sip on the regular spark, but with the um zero sugar, uh, I had to take it to the head. I like I literally just like go, 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 go. And you know, it was good. Now. Shout out to Geekbro27. He was able to find the golden, not golden grams, the Cinegrams Toasted Crunch. I can't find it yet, but he said it's top tier. He really liked it. I have this Kit Kat. This Kit Kat is a strawberry and dark chocolate limited edition. I think for Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's top tier. Number top tier snack. For Valentine's, and they need to keep this one. The strawberry almost the strawberry literally tastes like a strawberry uh, milkshake. It's so smooth and creamy, and the dark chocolate just balances it out. You don't even get like uh, you you do taste the dark chocolate, but it's go it so well with it. I we've already sold about ten of them within two days. Um. And people are just, I love it. I, am just like, oh, 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 Hershey, you, you snapped with these Kit Kat bars. Oh, you snap. I think I, I, prefer this now over the mint ones, the mint and dark chocolate because of how good it is. Like it is amazing. Um, so the Kit Kat duos, yes, top tier. The Reese's snack cake. If it's on sale, you could try it. The Mountain Dew, if you're curious, I say try it. Um, last but not least, I so I talk about the Mountain Dew gingerbread uh, drink. I left it in my car on, ac- on accident in the cold weather and got in and was just like, huh, okay, this is liquid. It has some ice. The gingerbread tastes better as a slushy than a regular drink. Like if you could get this as a slushy, you would love it more. Because that gingerbread and that with the mountain dew as a slushy was so good than just a regular drink. So uh my holiday meal, my mom she made some broccoli and cheese casserole. Um oh, I love broccoli oh, and cheese casserole. So, so good, man. Um we had ham, and then she got these small sandwiches. I think she got them from a grocery store or some specialty shop. Man, I ate about three of them, and when I woke up, it was like almost ten o'clock in the morning the next day. I was just like, "Who?" It puts me out. They were so good, um, and yeah, and they're just eating, you know, Christmas candy and like gummies and stuff like there. Um, oh. So, it, last one, everybody. Um, and I'll talk about this on the next Nintendo. I picked up some Jelly Bean gummies. They just came out. So, they're the Jelly Bean flavors that's gummies. They have a regular and a sour flavor. So, uh, I will talk about that at next Nintendo. But uh, that's been Nintendo, everybody. Uh, we're going to move on quickly to our holiday gaming. Um, anything, like, interesting that you guys played over the holidays? Uh... Jacob?
0: Uh, I don't have anything interesting that I played over the holidays, um, but I did do something new this year that I haven't ever done before, which is I did what we dubbed Christmas Games and Coco um, with the Otter Kingdom community. And basically, I on our Discord server, I streamed Christmas movies and we played games together and just, like, hung out and talked. Um and and just kind of nice. spent time with each other cuz uh, there were a lot of us like myself included that weren't doing anything with anyone for christmas like none of us really had anywhere to go um and so we all just kind of we all just kind of hung out together it was a lot of fun we played mario kart and minecraft and yeah and so i'm i'm thinking i'm going to make that an annual thing and try to open it up a little bit more just for anybody any gamers out there who who might not be able to make it back to their family or things like that you know i, I it was it was a cool experience though
1: Nice. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Dan, any holiday gaming for you over the break?
2: No. I mean, we'll we'll get into it towards the end. Um, but like nothing, nothing in particular, nothing Christmassy.
1: Okay. Um, for me, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I played a lot of Xbox. Um, played like Tangle Tower, finished up Firewatch. Um, we're gonna be doing a talk to walk about that. Um, and finished the Gunk. Uh, for Xbox, which, which was a really good uh, game. I um, picked up um, the five month Game Pass deal that's going on that Microsoft sent me uh, for Xbox. So um, I'm going to be playing some stuff. I've been playing some stuff off of that. Um, and then when it gets to the last month, um, I'm going to cancel the service and uh, call it a day <laughs> and move on uh, because it. I mean, it's a good service, but man, does the interface look janky. I was just <laughs> like, ooh, this is, I'm like, people are paying 10 to $15, and this looks basic. This is where it, looks, it looks worse than the UI um, when you cut on the system. I'm just like, oh, come on, Microsoft. Y'all got to get better. Y'all got to do, y'all got to fix this. Y'all got to get it together. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of all my uh, holiday gaming uh, until I get to uh, play with power. Uh, But everybody, we're going to get into game fact events. And I actually have the game fact events. Um, So Dan and Jacob, did you know what CIC means? No. Uh, Have you heard of it?
2: Nope. Use it in a sentence.
1: (laughs) Nintendo uses uh, CIC for some of their games in the past. Uh, Oh, I
0: can't even think of what an acronym might be.
1: So, CIC stands for Checking Integrated Circuit. Uh, This was the name of Nintendo's lockout chip for the NES. It was nicknamed as the 10 NES, or Tennis, if you want to say. It had three main purposes, to give Nintendo complete control over software for the console, prevent unlicensed and pirated games from running on the NES, and it was was used to region lock the NES. Uh, uh, the patent uh, for it, though, expired January 24th, 2005. And the reason why I bring this up was because, uh, excuse me, uh, if you guys didn't know, there was two companies um, who were found they did illegal stuff to get their games running on it. Uh, Wisdom Tree is one. They are the creators of Bible Adventures, And Atari, who created Tangent to have games on the NES. Uh, Wisdom Tree emitted a voltage spike to get their games running, but had to try something else when Nintendo updated the 10 NES and because the, their games wouldn't run on it when it was changing the chip. They were updated. Um, Atari turned to the U.S. Copyright Office to ask lawyers to get a copy of the lockout program for potential litigation. Against Nintendo, uh, once they got it, they started making unlicensed games, which end up having Nintendo uh, suing them. Uh, in the end, it got settled in 1994, and they had to destroy all those games. So that's why you see like sh- uh, *Tension* did *Shinobi*. They have like this, uh, this. Kind of gold cop this gold cartridge with this red kind of stripe. It looks like Smash Brothers, uh, for the red. But they did Tetris when Nintendo owned Tetris, and so that's why if you look at eBay or any collectors, if they're selling Tetris for attention, uh, that is a limited copy, limited rare copy. That's probably going on from ten thousand dollars and up, um, because they had to destroy the game when Nintendo found out. About it, so yeah, um, they don't use the chip anymore because with Switch, um, is region free, and most of their games they ended up doing going through CD, so they stopped using the uh, the chip in their systems. So, that is some game effect events. If you guys didn't know, um, the CIC that's in the NES, it stands for a checking integrated circuit or 10 NES. That's cool, so, yeah. So um it's time for fami News. Dan, take it away.
2: All right. So, you know, with our family News, we always start off with the uh upcoming titles that are coming out this week. Um, it's pretty light, so I'm going with two that really stood out to me. Um, Astra Nier is $29.99. This is an indie game where you reshape and explore distant worlds. Uh, this is also going to come out in physical edition. And also on Thursday is one that kind of speaks to me a little bit more, Eternal Radiance. Uh, it's 19 It's an indie action RPG. Um, your protagonist is a girl named Celeste that is becoming a knight. Um, both of them have really, really high ratings on Steam. So I think I'm probably going to end up picking up both of them, anyway. Um, either of these, have you guys heard of these games? Or are you gonna pick them up?
1: So, Astroneer, I have heard of, but uh, it's not my style of gaming. Um, Eternal Radiance—that sounds like an Atlas game, for some reason, or I something know. that was on 3DS. Uh, I think you're thinking. At I
0: think you're thinking of Etrian Odyssey on for for 3DS. 3DS yeah.
2: Are you there thinking was, of like Path of Radiance, which is a Fire Emblem I, game?
0: That that might be it as well.
1: I think. Well, no, because I thought there was a Radiance game on the 3DS, that was like a RPG. Um, but Eternal Radiance, I am gonna buy. It, it's, it's an indie action RPG. That's that those three words right there, dig dig dig. Ding, ding, We're 1999 price point. Yeah, I'll I'll be buying that one. <laughs> nice. How about you, Jacob?
0: uh no i hadn't actually heard of either of these games and i want to check out eternal radiance because it it sounds like it would be right up my alley as well as far as indie. so I, I will have to check that one out thank you dan
2: cool um all right well let's get into the news first thing is um e3 is going digital again in 2022 so um e3 was completely canceled in 2020 for obvious reasons. And last year they kind of went out to do this new digital style and they had announced that they're going to do digital again. And the organizers announced that the lineup already includes Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two Interactive, and Warner brother games. Uh, Sony is notably missing from that list. Um, Typically, you know, they used to do in person in L.A. every June with the mix of developers, press and consumers. Um, so, guys, what did you think of the digital event last year? Um, and what do you think they should do to kind of build off of what they did on their first uh, digital event? Jacob, let's start
0: it off with you. Um. So I actually kind of have a weird opinion about this because, like, for me personally e three has always been a digital event because I've never been uh and I feel like it's that way for most people <laughs> um <laughs> but i i i I feel like the biggest thing that like if you're asking like what the the people who run e three can do I think they can ask their the their show showcases to actually show games and to actually like keep a good steady pace because I think the biggest complaint last year was that it was just like dud after dud after dud talking about stuff that nobody really necessarily cared about or wanted to know at an event like E3 that that's kind of the most that I can do. And maybe even they might even have to go so far as to be like, you have a hard cap for the, you have, you get, you don't get to buy extra hours. You get this many hours, this the, you get this many minutes, whatever. And that you have to fit your show into that. I think maybe that limitation might call it be a cause for some. I also think that Sony not showing up. I, I feel like that kind of needs to be just kind of considered the norm for them now um because they i don't think they've shown up for the past three right
1: yeah this would be the third one yeah
0: Yeah, so so i i feel like not having sony because like usually there's a lot of speculation that comes from that right but i feel like at this point we need to just accept that nope sony's going to do their own thing for e3 they're not going to be a part of the game and uh just move on with our lives
2: Yeah. So when I was saying like, what could they do better? It's like you as a consumer slash viewer, you know, kind of like what would make you excited for a full digital E3 or what's something that could make you feel like you're there with them, right? Rather than them showing you a commercial. Um,
0: okay. So yeah.
2: So like what, uh, sorry, let me just, I'll, I'll finish this and then get yeah, yeah, back, yeah. back to you. But, um, you know, like one thing I was thinking is like, you know, while you're watching something like, um, let's say there's, you know, a tree house for Nintendo, if they're playing something that's like about to be released, they can upload a demo and you can like play it while they're playing the demo and they can kind of elaborate with you. And that demo would only be there for like a, you know, a certain amount of time. Like I think something cool like that would be like a nice thing to do for the consumers or the viewers and make you feel like you're more present with E3. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. No, that, so that, that is the only suggestion actually that I think could really make that feeling happen because going to e3 other than seeing the set pieces and maybe actually that never mind i just thought of another one but going to e3 (laughs) um and getting to play the demos there is the big takeaway for a gamer right is that and then there's also getting to see the set pieces which i think maybe They could do in between showcases, they could do like a walk around the stage, have like their own crew set up. I know that like Nintendo, they, they would have like Kit and Krista, um, do walk arounds for that. But if it's digital, there's not going to be any set pieces. Right. So then they have, you have to figure out what do we fit in that place? Um, and I, I really, I really can't think of anything in that regards, um, maybe like they could try incorporating if there's going to be more than just like the Mario movie, if there's more games that are becoming movies or TV shows, maybe they could incorporate trailers into that. But honestly, the, the biggest addition to make digital viewers feel like they're there is going to be to add the to available to everybody. Right. Right. And then, um, man, I don't know. I Ed, do you have any ideas on like what you
1: would want E3 to do? So, um, about the demo thing, uh, Microsoft is great about doing uh, uh, demos because they do like an indie uh, uh, indie collection where you get to try all the indie games that they showed in their presentation. Um, when it comes to Nintendo, uh, I think what I would love to see more is that of course, yes, the demo thing is good. Of course, sales and everything is good. I would kind of love to see that if you are uh, Nintendo online subscriber definitely if you got the, the plus you get to try all the demos um, right after uh, E3, I mean right after their Nintendo presenta- presentation so when they do do uh, the treehouse stuff maybe there's additional part of the game that they didn't show that they let you the player try so let's say, and, and we know Breath of the Wild. I, I don't think they'll let everybody play. I think there'll be selected titles, but just but just think about it. You you as a Nintendo Online subscriber, um, they're playing this uh, this Tetris ninety nine e three demo. Because it's all E3. If you are if you are a subscriber, not only do you get this, but you get these stages and everything. And while doing that, if you play it, just even if you play it, you get additional coins for your account, for your Nintendo online account. Um, that that you don't spare to buy games, but you spare to get like merchandise from Nintendo themselves. Like you get some kind of benefit and reward and everything. Um so i think they could add i think nintendo can add that to it um I do agree that this is them going digital has always been there. I think it's working and once again, everybody, you kind of got to thank Nintendo for doing it, the Nintendo Direct, doing the presentation. They're the ones that people laugh at, but look what, look at where they're at now with this. You know, we care more for Sony's state of play than them being at E3. If, if Sony wants to be at E3, all they need to do is show a state of play. Same thing with Xbox, same thing with now indie developers, uh, or anyone, is, or if you show a really tight, good presentation that they have gays that different people want, you're going to have a good E3. Now, the problem is that's going to be with this, is what is Jeff Keighley going to do with his presentation stuff? Because that involving with E3, there's going to be too many presentations, too many gays, and just like you said, J- uh, Jacob, it's going to be too much fluff if they just do it dud after dud after dud. Um, you know, even with that take two presentation, a lot of people were upset with that. Um, with, uh, with something like that. Um, but I think Nintendo themselves, they could just connect something to Nintendo online. So if you're not a subscriber, maybe there is a discount for people who want to join and get the pass. So maybe it'd be like, um, you could get it for a year for 30 years. Um, but then the following year, you get it for it just back up to fifty. So you get all of these guys, and then you get these demos. And maybe like they did the Animal Crossing DLC, you'll still get that. But maybe you'll get some uh some demos of games that they didn't even show in Treehouse. Yeah. You know, maybe they'd be like, "Here's Bayonetta. Here's Bayonetta three. We only showed you the first level, but now you here's a trial." uh, version of it that you get that first and second level Mm -hmm. with a costume or something.
2: Yeah. I mean, all good ideas. Um, I, I, I personally really liked how they did, um, E3 last year. I, I felt like it was definitely more open to the public than it's ever felt before. And I'm looking forward to this year to see if they do anything a little bit different, but I guess we won't know for a little bit. Um, Anyways, we're gonna just uh, move on to the next topic. Uh, this one is a little is you know we love speculation here on Pavlok and uh, especially me. Um, and so, speaking to gaming gamesindustry.biz, Catan Games consultant Doctor Sirkan Toto gave several predictions for 2022, but one of them was more of an inside scoop than a prediction. Toto said Mario Kart 9 is in development now and noted that Mario Kart as a brand has been relatively quiet since the mobile-only Mario Kart Tour launched a few years ago. Quote, I am aware that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is still selling very well on the Nintendo Switch, but Mario Kart 9 is in active development and comes with a new twist. And Nintendo could tease it this year, he said. So, guys... Um, I guess there's a little bit to unpack there. Uh, Mario Kart 9, are you excited? Is it time? And what could this twist be? Um, I'll I'll, I'll start this off because I'm probably the only person in the world older than the age of eight that plays Mario Kart Tour. (laughs) Um, So Mario Kart Tour has these, uh, it has like every new tour they have is like two weeks and they do like two new skins and you kind of just like, you know, you race and collect and then you can buy not buy, but like you, you draw, it's like a gotcha mechanic for, um, you know, new skins and everything. But like there is so much to collect and so much to design your characters with. And like, I would love to see some sort of online kind of, you know, weekly missions and things to do. Um, and maybe that could be towards the twist in Mario Kart 9, or it could just be new characters. Um, I would be surprised if they release it for the current Switch. Um, it, Mario Kart just seems like a console seller, so I just can't imagine that we would get it now. But um, those are my opinions. What are yours, Ed? I'm oh, sure you got a I, lot. <laughs> oh, Mario
1: Kart 9 is going open world. They're going open world what like it's a Forza. They're what are like a force about. About. <laughs> If you want a, if you me, if you want a twist, a really unexpected twist from Nintendo and Mario Kart is going open world. That and, you could just—that's yeah, not a twist. That's like—that's a, a genre change. <laughs> but but the thing about it, but the twist is is that you know you've been set. You you only been set with what twelve tracks per, per start of the game. Just think world game and this game being continuous. You can visit different worlds and do different tracks. So you just don't get that 12. It, the game literally opens up. Maybe Bandai Nelko is playing a part and there's going to be a Mario Kart 9 arcade at Dave & Buster's. So maybe there could be some information or some kind of transfer or some, that's going to happen to your Mario Kart 9 app. That you have on your iPhone or Android that you can somehow like scan to the Mario Kart 9 arcade game, it reads it and bam, you can start picking up stuff right there or having tracks like that. Okay. Um, like you like if you that's what I said if you're gonna do a twist, even though that's a different genre, think about an open world Mario Kart 9. And just think of what lens they could put on it. Think of them going to Wario World, uh, Wario Land, or, you know, not only are you driving the, the cars and the motorcycles, maybe there's a new kind of tra- form of transportation that's going to be on it, you know?
2: So, so I, 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 I I'm actually following you a little bit. I think this is like what you're thinking of is more towards like uh, Crash Team Racing and how they did their single mm-hmm. player mode. Uh, that sounds much more reasonable but that's not open world open world sounds like just chaos um, <laughs> but,
1: but but think like oh, kind of, that's why i said like for horizon uh, because that is open world, and you have other players, um, whether they're in the game or they're ghosts, they're driving around on the street in areas. So maybe maybe you actually see your friends, they're ghosts driving around, or maybe they are online. You'd be like, oh, there go Dan and Jacob, or oh, they're about to race at of, uh Palace. Let me drive up and join them. And bam, instant, we got a race getting ready to go.
0: Mario Kart is going MMORPG. <laughs> oh my god can
2: you find can you find a middle ground between us
0: um i mean <laughs> my my middle ground my middle ground is kind of pessimistic so like the last big change that mario kart did the last like gimmick that they did that i thought actually impacted the game was mario kart double dash where you had two drivers you had two yeah, people on a cart that I uh, because that that allowed you to not only have the benefit of having two items, but you could switch the, which item you were currently holding. Um, so like it had a, it had like strategy to it as well. Right. And like as much as driving a bike is cool, as much as driving an ATV is cool, as cool as it is to fly and go underwater and be on, be on anti-gravity, you know, upside down, you're still just moving forward. Like, all of those things are just different methods to move forward. They're not changing the gameplay at all. Um, and, like, I just haven't, like, I'll be honest. The, I've talked about it a lot on stream. The gravity in Mario Kart 8, I don't even care. I don't even notice. I, I, unless I stop racing, I stop being in first, force myself to look around. I don't even notice that I'm upside down. Like, I, it doesn't matter. I'm just moving forward. That's all I'm doing. So, like, the biggest thing to me would be the Mario Kart Tour because, like, so many – the you see it a lot on Twitter right now. The, there's, like, a – I don't know if you've been a part of it or not, but there's, like, a, disc, a discourse between people that want Nintendo Kart – and people that don't want Nintendo Kart because Mario Kart's Mario Kart and they gotta have Mario characters and that's what makes it fun. But then in that group of people, there's also the like subgroup of there's too many copies in Mario Kart, we need more original characters. But they also don't like the Nintendo characters idea. It's this weird argument that I've been like enjoying comically from the sidelines. But I will say, if they do bring anything for Mario Kart Tour, I hope that it's skins. I hope that we don't have gold, rose gold peach and Tanuki mar. I hope that those are skins for Mario and peach and you have more things to collect. Because let me tell you, nothing makes me play more Mario Kart than when I back out of that race and a screen pops up and is like, hey, you have a new, you unlocked a new cart. You unlocked a new thing. Because then I'm like, great, I'm going to go use that now. And and like see how it works. And then I get out of that race. And hey, there's another thing that I've just unlocked. Now I'm going to go use that and keep me playing your game. Um, and don't get me wrong. I love Mario Kart. That's not like all that. All that's not to dig on it at all. I absolutely adore Mario Kart as a series. But like it really hasn't changed at all since Double Dash. And unfortunately, in my opinion, it got worse. Because I thought Double Dash brought a lot of strategic gameplay elements to the table and they wiped that away
2: yeah i'm with you it's um i mean mario kart 8 is like it's the best mario oh for sure just it like everything is so smooth so perfect like it's just the best mario kart but yeah i would have loved to see something new or different and um i would like to see more single player right like yeah i don't always just want to play online or with friends or anything like sometimes i actually want to like you know raise some cups and unlock things like we used
0: to or maybe Uh, like challenges like you could have like a hit three other drivers with green shells during this grand prix you know like
2: those are like mario kart tour
0: type yeah yeah yeah
2: (laughs) um all right, so I think we got everything out of that. Uh, our next topic, we, uh, we saw a big acquisition coming up. Uh, Take-Two acquires Zynga for $12.7 billion. Um, Take-Two Interactive Software is acquiring Zynga and a $12.7 billion deal, the two companies confirmed on Monday. The colossal sum includes Take Two paying 9.86 per share, plusing as debt, in order to the company to make moves in the mobile market. The deal is the largest sum of money paid out for an acquisition in video game history, surpassing Microsoft's 2020 acquisition of Bethesda for 7.5 billion, and Tencent's 2016 acquisition at Clash of Clans studio Supercell for 8.6. Activision Blizzard had a similar deal in 2015 where they bought Candy Crush developer King for $5.9 billion. So Zynga is known for FarmVille and Words of Friends. FarmVille closed down permanently in 2020, um, so that's not even a thing. <laughs> and Take-Two, the third largest game company in the West after Activision Blizzard and EA owns 2K, Rockstar, and... Ghost Story Games, so they're responsible for series like Bioshock, Borderlands, XCOM, and Grand Theft Auto. Um, And right now, the only thing in production for Zynga is Star Wars Hunters, so that'll be coming to Switch this year. Um, Okay, so (laughs) I don't really have much to say about this, except that's just like an exorbitant amount
1: of money for Zynga. Um, what What do you think, Ed? So, first of all, they should have used that money to get Rockstar To actually fix Grand Theft Auto Trilogy, because that is a hot <laughs> rep On all platforms Second Farmville is coming back That is going to be on Every platform, because uh, They know that it's going to make them Money uh, with that, so Farmville Is going to get come back, I think it's going to Get re- revamped, I think it's going to For some people, be almost On the level of The Sims in It's a sense, where
2: was farmville that um it was like a facebook farm
1: it simulator.
0: was yeah, yeah 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 my dad uh, got so super think... into it
1: <laughs> yeah so i think they're going to be bringing it to that to every platform um they know that they're going to recuperate that money um because the thing about it is since they are talented in making mobile style games a lot of their franchises are are going to be now coming to mobile Through Zynga and they know they're going to be uh, Some good quality So there's probably is going to be a Bioshock there probably is going to be An NBA 2K Um There probably is going to be a, a WWE Stuff and Zynga is going to handle All of that Um Sadly they may even Have Zynga do NFTs So who knows But yeah the, the, they, they invested in Zynga which was a smart idea So we shall see what about you, uh,
0: Jacob? Jake, what do you think? I actually thought Zynga was dead already. <laughs> uh they, I, I just remember them popping up a lot. And this might be because I used to work at GameStop, so I saw their like little cash cards that you could buy a lot, and but I haven't been looking at them at all in a long time. So I actually just thought they kind of kicked the bucket as a company. Uh but good for them. Good for good for Take Two for acquiring them. That's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. I knew they still existed because um Uh, I
0: still play words with friends with my mom. So (laughs) see my, my mom, my mom and dad both play words with friends and I didn't realize that was a Zynga game.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So (laughs) last one, um, this has been just like such a hot topic in gaming recently, I think over the last maybe month and a half or something. Um, but, We haven't talked too much about NFTs on the show. So Square Enix plans to invest more into blockchain gaming and NFTs. Um, Square Enix president Yusuke Matsuda on January 1st released a public letter discussing Square Enix overview for 2022. Um, In his address, he spent most of his time discussing the rise of NFTs and blockchain technology and gaming. He termed this rise as a decentralized gaming. He also said that the metaverse was a hot topic for 2021, inspiring a lively global conversation first about what the metaverse is. And then what about, and then about what sort of business opportunities it presents. Um, NFT. So I personally, I've dabbled in crypto and I don't, I've made money off of it, but I can't exactly tell you (laughs) what goes on with it, why it happened or what the fluctuating thing is. Uh, NFTs are, I don't know if they're new, but they've been around for a little while, but an NFT is basically like a picture or a screenshot and it has etched into it a part of uh, Ethereum. So, the value is based off the Ethereum that's etched into it. So it's basically like owning a receipt of something and based on the market, it goes up or down in value. I'm not too sure how you buy or sell them. Um, I'm also not sure if I'm, what I'm saying is a hundred percent accurate. So um, you NFTs, right. uh, Ed, what, like how do you feel about NFTs and gaming? How do they even fit into gaming and how like, how much money are people gonna spend?
1: They are going to spend. They are going to spend zero because it's zero. It's really just zero value. It's just like you said. Like you said, on a receipt of like a screenshot, um, and we haven't seen no one sue anybody over NFT. So um, right now, to me personally, I think it's stupid. You know, Konami did it for their thirty-fifth anniversary with Castlevania. Square's doing this because people want to have fun and. This is nonsense. I'm not investing in something in additional media that I'm not really going to get no use out of. You know, just take... I could literally take a screenshot of a Nintendo game, put it up there, and be like, okay, this is an NFT. Who wants to invest in it? Like, it doesn't do nothing uh, for me. Square Enix, if you're going to invest in this, I'm going to I'm gonna invest of ignoring this forever. Because I'm not getting nothing in it. Give me the games, you guys. I pay you to make games to receive entertainment. I don't. I'm not paying you for all of this other nonsense. No, because you. It's just a. It's a money scam. It's pretty it's much a money. Scam. So how did? How do you expect
2: that to fit into gaming, uh, Jacob? Do you know how it fits into gaming?
0: Yeah. So <sighs> I'm gonna do my best to put out the knowledge that I have from my limited research on this, which the way that I understand it is basically like you're saying, it's a receipt for something, which is, uh, so like in, in gaming terms, right? I buy all digital games. I've talked about that a lot on this, this podcast. Uh, I only buy digital games unless I cannot get it digitally like Ringfin Adventure. Right. So what an NFT might be used for, or that that process, what that process might be used for in terms of gaming is that I get a receipt for my digital game that I bought. And just like I can with physical games, I can send, I own that digit that digital copy of the game. Right. I don't own the game. I don't own the license or of the game or anything like that. But I own that game just like I would physically. And I could trade it to somebody else, or I could give it to somebody else, much like you could sell stock or or trade stock. You can, you can, there can be found value in that. Um, the reason that that would now be considered a legal process is because of the receipt, because I have the access to say, no, I own this, I bought this, I paid money for this, and I'm now giving it up, giving it over, and giving that license to somebody else, right? So there is, there there are uses that could be considered through a different means right now it's being treated more like more like stock, more like, more like, um, the stock market where like people think that it's worth that it's, it's it's assigning value where there is none, right? The only reason a dollar is a dollar is because we say it's a dollar. It has no actual value. It has no actual worth to what we do. Um, but they're assigning value where there is none. And I I think that we could look, it could, that sort of concept could be used for gaming in that way is to give digital currency, things digitally that you have DLC games, whatever something that makes it so that you actually own them and can do with them what you would like. Um, in, in legal terms, there would be like laws that would, that would you'd have to follow. But, that That's at least how I understand it again, I've only done a little bit of research on into it, but like it very much is just like a be it's like it's like um it's like it's like if it's like if Nintendo were to sell Dan the rights to Mario, right like Mario's not a thing Mario's not a a person, not something tangible that you can hold, but Nintendo owns Mario, they have a copyright on it it's It's kind of like that, I think. But again, not fully aware of of everything behind it.
2: Now, so, okay, so you say like, you know, it's a digital receipt with an NFT, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now with an NFT, it has to be linked to blockchain because the receipt is etched or taken, I don't know, whatever word you want to use. And it has part ethereum I think ethereum is the only one that's working with nfts I might be wrong on that um so now does that mean that we start purchasing games via blockchain or cryptocurrency it because because, ha- because right so it's like or do we just purchase it based off of the value so like these are the things I just kind of don't understand with it um Ed I know you had a little bit more to say
1: like let's let's oh yeah. no no, I my thing is it's stupid. <laughs> I don't think people are going to invest in it. Invest in it. I think it's a money grab that um, Square Enix is going to try. Cause just think about it. You know they're going to invest in this and put it out, but then you're gonna be they're gonna be like, oh here goes just a little picture of some data for twenty nine ninety nine, and it's gonna be like I'm not investing in this. I'm not gonna pay that much. Like to me, it's DLC, but you're not getting none of the content. It's just saying that you have it. Um, but you don't actually You know, it's not anything that you Could play or use To benefit you as a gamer Or anything So I, I, I rather If I'm going to invest anything Outside of gaming for a company I'm going to buy your merchandise, I'm going to buy your Soundtrack, I'm going to buy a teddy Bear or a plush or something because cuz that is something not only that is tangible but to me first it's a collector's item second it's something that I cherish and means something to me. I'm not going to give you just free money for something that I'm not going to cherish or have no use for. Right.
0: So uh, can I ahead. so as a counter argument to that is that like
1: I I
0: again as somebody who uh champions the digital realm when it comes to gaming uh I own all of my games on Switch. As long as my, as long as the 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 Switch that my games are registered to, uh, license wise, mm-hmm. and my SD card holds out, my games will forever be there. However, the day that Nintendo shuts off that Switch eShop, if if any of those things break, if any of those physical things break for me, I no longer have access to those. Like that would be the one time that I would lose all of my digital games. And an NFT, in theory, would allow me to say, no, 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 I still own this. I'm going to re-download it. Or I'm going to put it on my computer for safekeeping so that I can re-download it later, however many times I want. Similar to how you can take a physical game and rip the data off of it onto a computer and make as many copies mm-hmm. as you want for yourself. Um, I'm not able to do that with my digital games legally. Uh, but but I this could be a method of me able to do that. Um, but, and again, it goes back to the idea that like it only, so I think the way, the reason it has monetary ties to like Ethereum is because like, again, we decide how much Ethereum is worth, right? So like you could say that a video, you could do it with anything. If it allows it, you could say that a video game is 0.00000, however many zeros, one of a Bitcoin, because we know like Bitcoins are worth a lot. But it's worth that much amount of a bitcoin and then that's how you would make that trade right everything is tradable in that regard that's why you can buy into uh cryptocurrency like bitcoins with like five bucks you don't have to buy an entire bitcoin you can buy part of a bitcoin and then a bunch of other people buy part of a bitcoin and all of y'all collectively together own one bitcoin
2: and i think i think one thing that people are worried about i you know what what you're saying jacob is like purchasing these digital copies and having the digital receipt to it and actually owning the game and being able to trade it that's reasonable yes and i think i think what people are afraid of is this kind of slippery slope when it goes into like mmorpgs where you can purchase you know some badass sword and be better than the rest because once you take that first step into it maybe it takes this other step and so on and so forth. So, you know, I mean, we haven't seen NFTs in gaming yet. We don't know what it's going to be. We don't know where it goes. We know a lot of people have issues with cryptocurrency and its effects on the environment. And, you know, it's a good idea and concept being decentralized, but right now the execution is just for people to make money off of by the vulnerability of it. So, um, you know, We'll see. It's gonna happen. So we'll see. Maybe maybe it works out. Um, but you know, that's it for me. Do either you, you guys have anything else on this one?
1: Um, don't invest in it. That's my thing. <laughs> Just though. I'm
0: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say invest in it if you do your research. But do your research. Don't invest in anything blindly. Don't invest in NFTs and don't invest in GameStop unless you do your research. Right? Like. Make sure that you're armed with knowledge before you go into anything where you spend your money. Um, and then the, other th- the last one note that I wanted to say is like the, common, like, the common argument that people make against NFTs are like, oh, you bought a picture, guess what? I just downloaded it to my computer, I own that too. Um, if there were laws and regulations surrounding NFTs that the government has set up, then people could make you take that down. You could get sued for downloading that picture. Like that's what, it, that's all it would take. It, it's same again, back to the whole Mario concept.
2: But, but you'd have to, you'd have to prove that you own
0: it. With, Which is with like the C. NFT. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So like if somebody just copied it, you can't, you can't actually have that NFT.
0: No. Yeah. If, if I, if I downloaded uh, the picture of somebody's NFT They, they, they're the, I don't get the receipt. They still own the receipt. They still have that, that part of it. I don't have that. I have a copy of it, but I don't have that. And that's where, that's where like that kind of comes into play. And that kind of depends on where our laws take us is is how much we actually hold credit to this, because right now I don't think there's anybody that's willing to take this to court. Right. Right. Well,
2: Okay, well, Square Enix, you brought us onto a good topic, and now, uh, Ed, let's kick it back to you for the doc mode.
1: All right, everybody, it's time to hop into dock mode. Happy New Year, everyone. 2021 was a year of fantastic games. We here at Nintendo Power Block have talked, played, and raved about some of the best titles of on Nintendo Switch. So, Elite Block agents, it is time to give some elites to our top five games. In the end, only one game will win our Pop-Block Game of the Year. We also have five honorable missions, and for the first time, one gang will receive the Garbodor Award for its questionable content. Ready, Elite Black Agents? Let's go!
2: Can you also explain what Garbodor is to the people like me,
0: by the way? (laughs) The (laughs) non-Pokémon fans?
1: So, uh, Garbodor is a Pokemon, and I think he's from Black and White, uh, Jacob, I think?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Yes. He is a Pokemon made out of uh, garbage, out of trash. <laughs> he's he's wrapped up, he got legs, and he got eyes. So it's kind of just like uh, the smelly, like representing some of the worst of gang and stuff. It's nothing with Garbodor himself, but to, instead of calling the game "Computer Garbage" or something like that, um, it's going to win this award for its questionable content. Um, we're being nice to it, but it's going to win uh, this award. And for the first time, we are going to award this. It's not to be mean spirit or anything, but they, the developers know you did not release a good product out. You should have. You had the time to get it out. Hopefully, you had the money and the employees to do it. Even if you had delays, you had time to get this up, this game cleaned up. Or even after you released it, you had time to put in patches. So only one game will win it. And I promise is, but we won't know until we get to the end of it. So we're going to start with our five honorable missions. Starting with number 10. Jacob, what is your number 10 game?
0: Uh, honorable mention, no, honorable mention number ten is Pokemon BDSP. Um, really, really, really enjoyed it. It it just wasn't good enough, and I don't personally consider it new, even though it was brand new to me because I skipped Diamond and Pearl when they first came out. But um, it it just it had just enough flaws to not quite be in that top five.
1: All right, Dan, you're number ten. Um,
2: so. I'm just, this is separate and I know it came out with 3d world, but I'm going with like just Bowser's fury because that's the, um, that's the game that, you know, came with it. Uh, Bowser's fury, contrary to one chair on this, uh, panel, Bowser's fury was like a really cool concept. It was a little bit, um, it was just fun to kind of use all the 3d worlds, uh, You know, like the cat suit and the boomerang suit, just like in this kind of little open world environment. Um, It really kind of seemed like a beta test for a future Mario game more than an actual game itself. But I really, really just enjoyed having more Mario content. So uh, Bowser's Fury will go number 10
1: uh number 10 for me is cyber shadow um great level design great fights great bosses um it is challenging i did not like the soundtrack to this game so that's why it's number my 10 honorable mentions but i I do recommend i do i did a review for it on boss rush everybody go check it out i do love this game it's really good um but the soundtrack That was the reason why I couldn't put it up. Jacob, what is your number nine?
0: Number nine is Mario Golf Super Rush. I very much enjoy playing the multiplayer of this game, though I wish there was more to it, uh, which that goes in big case for the single player. I feel like the single player started off really strong and then very quickly lost all of its forward momentum and then was suddenly crashing to a halt and I had finished it.
1: Okay. then.
2: Game Builder Garage is number nine for me. Um, Game Builder Garage is just awesome. Like, it it really just had so much more content. But the only thing, you know, if it caught on and it was much more popular, I actually would have shot this up probably to my top five. But it just wasn't that popular. So I didn't get to play enough other people's games. Or, you know, one of the big things about Mario Maker is, like, the community. People really just, like, latch on to the different, I mean, the, um, you know the levels he make. They support each other, and they get ideas mm-hmm. from each other. And um, you know, Game Builder Garage just didn't have that, and I, that would have made the difference for me.
1: All right, uh, number nine for me was Persona 5 Strikers. Um, I am enjoying the game because I'm currently playing it. But I um, did enjoyful when I playing great voice acting. Great soundtrack, really love the music. Um, I just didn't play, haven't played enough of it, but I am I do like this game. It's, it really is good. So that's the, my number nine. Jacob, what is your number eight?
0: Number eight is Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. <laughs> um. I love Super Mario 3D World. It is the best game that Mario has ever been in when it comes to 3D. They tacked Bowser's Bowser's Fury onto it at the end and it just plummeted its value for me. I've said my piece on that. I'm glad that others out there got to enjoy it. However, I think it was awful. Um, But, and again, similar to Pokemon, I can't quite put this into my top five uh, because it's not technically new for 2022 or 2021 but oh man, it was a great time playing Mario 3D
1: World again. Okay. Dan, what is your number eight?
2: My number eight is gonna go to um what did I write down here? Mario Party. Uh Mario Party Superstars. Um probably my favorite Mario Party. It was it's really fun and um Kind of like Luigi's Mansion 3, the graphics are phenomenal on it. <laughs> like the it cartoon is. graphics are like really, really good. And I think that's like one of the most underappreciated things about this game. Um, it, it It is really fun. Drawbacks for me are just like, come on, guys, give us more boards once in a while. Um, give us a couple more characters. Give us some unlockables. Uh, do something for us, you know? So yeah. <laughs> Uh, whatever number that is that goes to Mario
1: Party. Number eight. Number eight. Yes. So my number eight is Famicom Detective Agency, the girl who stands behind, and the Missing Air. Um, these two are adventure games that never came to America. Um, they are remakes of, or kind of, you know, kind of remix of the old game that was on the Famicom in Japan. Um, it is a uh like adventure kind of game. Uh, in the range of like hotel dust um, I did enjoy it I love the story I love the missions um or the, like, the suspense and the music and stuff I think this, the problem was that there is a lot of talking and it's really kind of hard to figure out how to progress through the game um they the the way that they got us kind of set up though with the with both games um it's kind of weird but i i enjoyed it for what it was and everything and i was great and i was happy to get these games that i never knew that nintendo made so um number eight is femicon detective agency the girl who stands behind in the missing air um jacob what's your number seven
0: My number seven is Shin Megami Tensei 5. I personally have not played it yet. However, I've read all of the reviews. I've played all the other Shin Megami Tensei games. I love Atlas. They're my second favorite developer, only second to Nintendo. Um, I've been waiting until my Christmas and New Year's break, but then I just got too busy to actually start it. So I'm going to be devouring it throughout all of 2022.
2: Make sure you message me if you need
0: any hints i i i will if i do but i i don't think i would
1: oh trust me dan dan knows his rpgs
0: i know he do i know he do i know he do
1: all right dan what is your number seven
2: my number seven is gonna go to Tetris Effect. Uh, Tetris is Ooh, just such a nice. flawless game. Flawless game, right? It's That's why it's lasted 40 years and it's still amazing. Um, Tetris Effect took everything good about Tetris and made it better. It gave it good music, it gave it, gave it good visuals. Play it on the OLED, you're gonna love it. Tetris ah. Effect, awesome. Oh, and the multiplayer is great.
1: Yes. Uh, number seven for me is Ghost and Goblins Resurrection. I love this game. I love that it's hard. I love that it's kicking my tail. I love the fact that I'm still in the Boxer J- shorts with Arthur. Um, I I recently wrote an editorial about the series. You guys go read it on Boss Rush Network on our uh, on our um, page. This game is like amazing, and the graphics is beautiful. It's it's so. And just uh, completely enjoyable. It's, it'll frustrate you at times, you'll yell at it, but I really love this game. It looks really, it's really fun and everything. So, Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection is my number seven. So, our number six, this is the last one. This is the top of our honorable missions. Jacob, what is your top honorable mission?
0: Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, the last game that didn't make it into my top five because it's technically a remake or re-release. Um, I'm so, so glad that Skyward Sword finally got the, the the representation that it deserves and people were able to enjoy it without complaining about motion controls, even though the motion controls were perfect to begin with. Um, yeah, no, that game is the the best Zelda story in any of the Zelda games. And it just, it needed to come out of its awful realm that it was in on the Golden Goose. Or the Wii, sorry.
1: What is your top tier honorable mention, Dan, your number six?
2: I do agree with you, Jacob. Like, I, I personally don't love Skyward Sword. I think the overworld is such a drag. But the story is, if you're a Zelda fan, you have to play it for the story. You yep. have to. Yep. Like no question about it. Number six is gonna be probably a big surprise for people that know me. I'm gonna go with Shimigami Tensei Five. Ooh. Um, I really, really loved the gameplay loop. Uh, but Shimigami Tensei Five, when I finished it, it gave me that kind of feeling that Octopath Octopath Traveler gave me at the end. I didn't feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um the story just wasn't there for me, and the grind was a little bit too much. So, again, this is a personal opinion. I play JRPGs much different than a lot of other people, but that's kind of where I stand with Shimagami Tensei V.
1: All right, and my top tier honorable mention, my number six, Master Hunter Stories 2. A uh, beautiful game i love i love just finding different monsters getting the egg and running or you know walking out um i need to invest more time in it um but i i was so ready and so hyped for this game uh it's just that too much came out uh after it and i'm just like man how do i balance uh monster hunter two Uh, Stories 2, while having Game Builder Garage and Mario Golf and all these other indie games. Definitely with E3 coming up, preparing for that. Uh, But yeah, Monster Hunter Stories 2, I really do enjoy. I think it's a really great game. And I got to give it to Capcom. They came out strong this year for Nintendo Switch. They literally came out strong. So everybody, that is our honorable mentions. We're going to get into our top five Dan, I'm gonna give I'm gonna start it off with Shoe. What is your number five? Death's Door, uh, any <sighs> game that came out nice. in November.
2: Unbelievable! Everybody play it, it is just so good. Um, you know, it, it's an indie game, it's the artwork is great, like the creativity is there. It's just so unique, so much character, it's so charming. Just play Death's Door.
1: Yes, uh, for me, my number five, uh, Mario Golf Super Rush. <laughs> this game is wacky and it's so fun and it's so cool. I, I, I just love it. It is. It, it makes me laugh. Uh, but I, I, try to get focused on it and everything and, and play it here and there. Uh, but yeah, it's my number five game. Uh, I, Dad, I just, man. I, that let's play so some good. time. I play all the
2: time. You, just let
1: me know when you're playing.
0: Dan really does. I see him all the time online. I'm like, how are you still playing Super Rush, man? That's crazy. Good for oh, you.
1: awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great game.
0: Excellent game.
1: Yes. Uh, Jacob, what is your number
0: five? Uh, my number five is new Pokemon Snap. It would be higher, but unfortunately, there were just some things about it that I didn't personally vibe with me. I I really preferred about the original Pokemon Snap. Felt much more puzzle based, while this one just felt more like a guided tour. However, the visuals for it are phenomenal. And the, the, like, the community around it when it launched was just so, so wonderful. Plus, it was a very, very big, like like a heartwarming moment uh for me personally which I've mentioned before where Ed surprised me while I was streaming with it um cuz I was talking about how like I wasn't going to be able to get it and I had all these plans around it and I wasn't going to be able to do them and then Ed was just like no you here you go you you're good <laughs> and I I just was like Ed, I almost started crying on stream cuz I was like I can't this is that was way too kind and generous
1: uh welcome Dan, what is your number four? Uh, did you give your number five, Ed?
0: Oh, yeah. yeah you...
1: Mario, uh, oh, Mario. Oh, no, yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> We're not paying um,
0: attention.
2: <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I'm not either. Uh, my number four is going to go to Monster Hunter Rise. Um, <gasps> you know, at this panel, I'm sure that's pretty low. But Monster Hunter Rise is kind of just um, the, the thing about Monster Hunter Rise on the Switch. I think it is graphically like one of the more impressive games i've seen on the switch um i think you know the worlds are beautiful uh the monster design is incredible but that's you know been a monster hunter thing um the online was especially really really good i've never had issues playing online i've played with both of you guys um i mean Man, they just they just killed it with Monster Hunter Rise. It was just such an awesome game. I really don't have much... I don't have anything negative to say about it. It was just a solid, solid game.
1: All right. My number four. Now, no one knows about this game, but I... This game is so fun, it's an indie game, it's called Binary Star Infinity. And the game is kind of like if you look at Minute, how it's just black and white, um, and your bullets are red, it has that kind of look. Um, it's like eight levels of hardcore shooting. Um, and you like build and grow up in it, it does the old school thing when you beat the find a boss that says game over, and you can continue. But the music is good, it would kick your tail. And it does something really different. So when you're destroying different ships and everything, it shakes the level. So it it, it may make some people sick, but you can't cut that off um, or and everything. But it has a great flow, great soundtrack. So number my number four is Binary Star Infinity. Jacob, what is your number four?
0: Uh, before I get to my number four, Dan, I appreciate that Monster Hunter Rise is just even on... Your list, uh, it was a lot of fun playing with you and like going through your longsword techniques and things like that when you were <laughs> playing a little bit together. If anyone ever wants I, to start with me, hang up.
2: Please, 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 if you want to play Monster Hunter Rise, play with Jacob. He taught me how to he, – he turned me into like a toddler tripping over my sword into a guy who could – slay something with my blindfold (laughs) on it was like incredible night and day
0: thank you so much man that means a lot to me i love monster hunters a series you'll y'all figure that out here uh momentarily um number four for me was mario party superstars um again it cannot agree more with what Dan was saying earlier about how fun it is, how beautiful the game looks. I also wish that there were more maps and I feel a little slighted because they talked about how they were bringing back so much from the N64 days um, and a little bit of the GameCube days, but like then you get to the maps and they're not quite what they were. There's not quite as like wacky zany stuff happening on the maps, it's very much kind of same same samey um but man those mini games are an absolute blast to play with people and i'm always excited to jump into a game with my friends even if it means giving up like three hours of my
1: to do so all right so we get to number three dan What is your number three i'm just going to throw out a
2: disclaimer before i start my top three I am basing um, my top 10 on strictly on just games that I have played. So there's a couple of omissions that you guys might be surprised about um, towards the end. But I just wanted to give the heads up. I'm only rating games I've played. Um, Number three is Monster Hunter Stories 2. Uh, This Monster Hunter game spoke a lot more to me being the JRPG junkie that I am. Uh, The worlds are beautiful it was so fun like hunting monsters in a jrpg sense you know breaking off the pieces there was so many cool things to do when you hunt um when you find the caves and everything and go searching for eggs and trying to like build your party that way it was just like the online is absolutely incredible it was so much fun teaming up with people and doing hunts like after i beat the main game in monster hunter stories 2 i just couldn't put it down because i was loving the post-game stuff and like all you know the roadmap had just like these amazing cool new monsters coming out um so i mean monster hunter stories 2 if you are Either a Monster Hunter fan or a JRPG fan and like the other one just a little bit, give it a try. Or if you're a JRPG fan and want to get into Monster Hunter, this is a good gateway to the series because it was for me. So that's my number three.
1: All right. And my number three is Monster Hunter Rise. Boy, do I love this game. <laughs> Just uh I have the what is it? Uh Jacob, it's the bug one with the like the stack the kinsect kin glaive. The kinsect. <laughs> I love being in the air, flipping it around, hitting these enemies in the head. Uh it's it brings me so much joy when I take down a monster playing with Dan. Has been some of one of the best comedic moments because we both ended up in a what, uh, me just in, getting bodied. Exactly, <laughs> but we, it, there was one time that we fought a monster, we both ended up in a cart and it got thrown out by the Colecos. Uh, just just uh, amazing, um, uh, just an amazing game. Really love the hunts, Jacob and Leron you guys I respect so much because your your costumes look amazing you guys do so much good work and I was just like man you inspire me to be almost you know a real you know b- a better hunter so I do appreciate that awesome. um, but yeah my son to rise is my number three Jacob what is your number three
0: my number three is Pokemon Unite. Um, I used to play nice. a lot. I used to play a lot of League of Legends until it got to the point where I couldn't for my own health, like my own sanity anymore. And uh, But I really missed the MOBA genre and Pokemon Unite brings it back in a way that is bite-sized and just very, very easy to pick up. Uh, still rage-inducing as any competitive multiplayer game is for me. But man, I adore it i've done pretty much everything every event that they have to offer every like challenge that they offer each week i've done um absolutely love pokemon unite and play it at least once a day either on my phone or on switch
1: all right are you still playing it once a day yeah nice that's awesome nice all right it's time for our number two dan What is your second game before we get, you know, where
2: (laughs) (laughs) my number two is Chicory, a colorful tale. Nice.
1: Uh, This is
2: an indie game that released on PlayStation and Steam at the beginning of the year. It came to switch. I think Uh, it shadow dropped in December after the indie showcase. Um, Chicory is an interesting game. It is a you're a little dog and you have a paintbrush. And the goal is to bring color back into the world. Um, This game was very surprising to me. I really just thought I was going to play a game with a cute dog and like kind of a cute concept. Um, But it turned into like kind of a lot more to me. Right. It it touched up on a lot of really deep topics with the dialogue. It talked a lot about like. you know it talked a lot about imposter syndrome it talked a lot about depression and you know just heavy topics but it was like very comforted reading it that way and playing through it with you know the characters in this game and there was no combat whatsoever and it was puzzle-based and really everything was just comforting about it you go into these areas you get the satisfaction of you know coloring the world the way you want to Um, so chicory just had so much to offer the music was beautiful it was done by the composer of celeste Um, so really if you want to kick back relax chill game chicory is the way to go and even if you just want a game that's actually going to make you think it's going to make you really interested in the story and characters check this game out because it's really good and i believe it's just criminally underrated it dude is so co- it's just such a
1: comfort game
2: it it's, re- it's, so, it's good. so good
1: yeah yeah well my number two i have wrote a review yeah. of this i have been going telling everybody about it i'm planning on probably repurchasing this game but voice of cards this is a, a card-based role-playing game from square enix um it's only seven levels i love the story the this it's probably the best soundtrack of 2021 and i man, the music, just the like, the interludes, the voice acting, even when you get there was stuff that I was finding when I did a replay of this game like, I, it sucked me in The there's a demo out for it, and I was just like, okay, I'm learning this game, because the combat is really easy to learn, but man you get into the story, it's funny, it, like, it's great writing. You kind of, like, there's some twists in it, and you kind of feel for the characters and everything. The character and uh, drawings is uh, amazing. Now, I'm going to say this, like I said before, there is some male artwork that is going to drop your <laughs> draw. You're going to be like, wow, Square Enix, but yeah, Voice of Cards is my number two. Uh, okay, Jacob, what is your number two?
0: My number two is Metroid Dread, the game that came back after, like, I think 16 years. Um, I still am very much combating, like, whether or not I'm a, more of a Metroid fan than I am a Legend of Zelda fan because I got super oh, no. into Metroid uh, when they re-announced it. Um, uh, yeah, no, that game, man, I, like, it's gotten to the point where, like, I'm not a speedrunner by any means, but, like, I can I can beat that game in about two hours. Um, no way. Yeah, just, just running through it. I know where to go, know what to do, and like it's still a blast even then. like It's fun to just sit down and play that game.
1: All right. Before we get to our number one, it is time to give it to our Garbodor of the Year Award for questionable content, and I'm going to start this one off. Baldo. <laughs> I
2: think
0: you mean... I think you mean... The unanimous number one vote. <laughs> I think you mean Baldo, the Guardian Owls, capital B, capital T, lowercase g, lowercase o. When you don't even get the name correct.
2: Oh Wait, my when God. You that out to me. I, I got so
0: irrationally pissed off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's what's worse is it's right on steam. It's right on their website. It's baldo colon the guardian Owls, all property capitalized. Like why I just, <laughs> Oh, why I like, it's a personal challenge to me, to myself to beat that game this year. Like just Why? just so that I don't I don't sit there knowing that I gave them money and didn't get anything out of it other than rage. Like
2: Oh my god, I, that is the most masochistic thing I know, I've ever heard.
0: I know. It's gonna be a series. I I'll check in when I start it every week. Of how it's going and whether or not I've ended my life from it. Um, no, that game is so so bad, and it made such promises and comes from such a great studio, like studio head and like just great great concepts. But man, what happened? And it got delayed like several times. <laughs> what happened?
2: I got, got hard locked out
0: of the game like in the first you. <laughs> you told Ex- me that expletive temple like- <laughs> <laughs> you told me that and i got to that point and i was just like oh and i did it and was like yeah i could see how that would happen and got lucky enough <laughs> that like i got inside like oh my god it i don't understand like <laughs> and,
2: and it was like what is the point of giving you hearts if you're gonna die anytime something touches anytime. you and, and not only that it was like the game over screen took forever
0: It did. I talked about that. I was like, "Listen, in Celeste, you die a lot. You die a lot, but it's instant. You die, you're back at the start of where you need to be, and like you just keep going. Like it's almost like you didn't even die. It's almost like you just hit the reset button yourself. That game it's so long and it eats inputs. It eats inputs. So sometimes you go to push A to get past the game over menu, and it doesn't move. It just stays there because it's like, oh no, you didn't actually push A. Sorry." And like again with the hearts thing, an enemy will hit you and sometimes it'll do one heart of damage. Oh, and sometimes it'll do three hearts of damage and it's the exact same enemy. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: oh. everybody you wonder why this is our Garbodor of the Year for Creshable Content.
2: Oh my god. It was Oh, and then just like anytime you fell off into the water you die. Ugh. Oh, I don't know a mess of a game, just absolute utter mess. And, and they- it, what also drove me crazy was there was other hard locks in it as well. I did not get further into the game, <laughs> but there were other people who did. And there was this thing where, like, you had to lead a skeleton into a cage and it didn't work. So on their Twitter, they were like, we have patch fixes, but they didn't tell you what the patch was. So you had to go into the game and play the stupid part again to figure out if they fixed what you're stuck on because you had no idea like it was
0: (laughs) and to top it all off this is something that they had known about for a while because reviewers (laughs) who had the there were reviews where the guy reviewing it got like halfway through his review and was like and that's it because i was almost done and the game corrupted and i lost all of my save data (laughs) and i wasn't about to play it again like It's just, it's insane. It's insane to me. I would have, you know that quote that everyone attributes to Miyamoto because he said it, but they do it wrong. Like, this is the perfect example. It doesn't even matter if they've patched it and fixed it. Now it will forever live on as the Garbador of the year. Yes.
1: I'm sorry, Madeline Wonderland, Wonderland, we didn't play you at all. Hold on,
0: hold
2: on. I get to to throw something else out
1: here. Now that you said that.
2: I can't believe that that game is named Balin Wonderworld and not Balin Wonderland. I I thought this whole oh. time it was Balin Wonderland. Why the hell did they do that? <laughs> I, I thought so too. It's
0: Wonderworld. You know what though? Oh. At least Balin Wonderworld was like they like owned up to the fact that it wasn't a good game and they like immediately put it on sale and and all these other things. Baldo never did. Bal- Baldo never did. Uh, and people
1: actually bought a ball
0: and like it's mm-hmm. been going
1: on selling. People were just like, "Oh, I'm about to buy this game" because I guess they wanted to see how bad it was and everything. But yeah, so congratulations, Baldo, for being our first Garbador of the year for questionable content. Um, nothing will ever beat it.
0: Nothing will ever. We, beat
1: it. We, 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 we send you off in a garbage can as you are taken to a junk pile or something. We, we don't care anymore. And Sadly, we so I bought it. To-
0: we went <laughs> we went to light light the can on fire, but the game glitched and we lost our fire thing. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's right. just stuck there and we have to live with it in the trash game. So
1: Dan, what is your number one game? I'm the only one in the
2: world who voted this as my number one game, but it's Bravely Default Two. <laughs> uh It is like, if you were a JRPG lover and my little circle of JRPG fans, we all voted this as our game of the year. Um, It is like the tropiest of tropey JRPGs. The story was a tropey JRPG. Your protagonist washes up on shore with amnesia. Um, Can't get any more tropey than that. Uh, You you have um, a turn-based battle system with the... Brave, and Default gimmick, which is fantastic. It works so well. Um, The job system is reminiscent of Final Fantasy V. And it's also just one of those JRPGs that's so kind of tropey and classic that you can build your party to almost break the game and just be so OP. Um, Man, it was just like, it was so good. It was so fun. I it's one of the few games where I was just like really bummed out when it was over because I just wanted to keep playing it. Um, So any JRPG lover out there, even if you don't like the chibi art style, which I do not, um, it fits well to the game. It's my game of the year. And anybody who loves turn based combat, you have to play this game.
1: Great choice. Great choice. So Jacob, I'm going to go with two. What is your number one? My number
0: one game of the year is Monster Hunter Rise, baby. Uh, I've put like 500 plus hours into that game, played it in a 24 hour marathon with my buddies when it first came out, uh, continued to play it every single day for like a solid two, three months. Um, I was at a shop the other I love Monster Hunters, guys. I love, love, love the Monster Hunter series. I was at a shop the other day and was staring down a ogre statue that was $135, in it, and it I was just like, ah, I want it so bad, but we can't spend that. Um, like, oh my god. That game is beautiful. It's coming to PC, it's getting a D it's getting a DLC expansion called Sunbreak. This year and I'm gonna jump right back into it with another twenty four hours and probably another five hundred hours. Like, oh my god. That I it even if you don't like Monster Hunter, play the game simply for the movement mechanics because the wirebug and the traversal in that game is it, you it's it's like you're Spider Man without actually playing Spider Man.
2: It's so satisfying. It's
0: so satisfying. Yes. And there's nothing There's nothing that's more fun to me than getting a group of three other friends and being like, let's go hunt this monster that's like three times our size and just one hit from it just tosses us around like pancakes. <laughs> but we're going to slay it because why not?
1: Yes. Well, everybody, my number one is Mesh Trade. Dread. I, this is a 10 out of 10 this is the five yoshi coins out of five yoshi coins the artwork fighting craig the story the boss fights getting the freedom to go anywhere finding out where you need to go to get these powers the emmy um like them being it's like scary and very threatening you know um it's here is seven is talking actually getting a story with voice acting in it and just like wow they really went in like now, kind of like I said. Mercury Steam is kind of now the owners or developers for a two D Metroid. And as bunkers as as it is, I don't know who else could develop that a two D Metroid now. Like Nintendo, make sure that you work with Mercury Steam next time. Um, it's it's just perfect in every way, and I love the moody music. I love when you uh, get in the train. You just see the the water moving, the artwork, the, the stuff that's going on in the background. Man, it's just jaw dropping. Like times that I had to put the controller down, and I hundred percent at the game. So you know that that those shine sparks, they ain't no joke. No, they're not. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, Metroid Dread is my number one, and everybody. Getting 10 points out of the three of us, our Nintendo Power Block Game of the Year goes to Master Hunter Rise.
0: Right? Let's go.
1: Dan Dan made it his number four, which gave it two points. I, it was my number three. That gave it three points, which was five. And Jacob gave it number one, which gave it five points, which gave it 10. Metro Dread came in at number nine, and uh, I think our third game probably I think it's uh, Mario Golf. I think that's the one that we all had. Um, I didn't have Mario Golf. Oh, you did? No, and, did you? Did I didn't even have it in my honorable mentions. The thing with
2: Mario Golf, I I love it, and it's actually one of my favorite games of twenty twenty one. But I couldn't give it to it because it came so it it released so bare. Right. Like it, okay. di- it wasn't a complete release. It didn't have yeah. the ranking, um, the, the online ranking things. It had five courses when there's 10. Now it didn't even have the, um, the single player stuff like the one putt one on one putt, like one on one putt the uh, targeting it didn't have the medals like it didn't have 70 percent of the game when it was released so I, wow. I i just i
1: just couldn't do it even though i still play it like all the time <laughs> was my did we all three have my son the story suited?
0: no we i think we all had either super mario 3d world or mario party superstars
1: maybe the, the only one that was in the top
2: five for everybody was rise yeah was rise well uh the
0: clear winner
1: we're going to give it to Monster Hunter Stories too. That's number three. Yeah, and, that's uh, fine. Th- that and, and, and uh, Super Mario 3D World, because I love that game. Those two are tied up for number three. But yeah, Metroid Dread is number two. And Monster Hunter Rise is the Nintendo Power Block Game of the Year for 2021. Congratulations, Capcom, for this. Um, congratulations to all the games that we nominated, uh, that we spoke about, that we talked. It's a great strong list that we recommend that you guys play. Besides Baldo, don't play that game nope. because it's is a garbador and it's in the junk pile somewhere. Um, you know, do not play it. If you're gonna play it or well, just watch somebody stream it and get some good laughs on it. But then everybody we're gonna get into play with power. Dan, what have you been playing with power? So I've been trying to bang out Pitcross S2
2: before S7 came out, which was today. I didn't get to finish it, so I was uh, playing that a lot. Um, you know, I finished Chicory a couple weeks ago. We talked about that, so I don't really need to say much more on it. Um, uh, Mario Maker 2, I got back into it. I've been playing a lot of levels, um, getting back into speedruns, which is a blast um getting back into my kaizo levels just doing you know shell jumping and all that all that fun stuff um it's actually kind of surprising how i didn't really lose a step on it so um you know always coming back and playing after a few months of just leaving it down it's 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 really funny like to see these great levels still popping out and so satisfying beating them um but the number one game I've just been playing is Paper Mario on the N64 yes. expansion pass. Oh, Paper Mario is so, so good. Um, I'm on chapter seven right now, and I think I could safely say just like, what the hell have they been doing with that series? Like, <laughs> why would you take something that was so good in the first three and make it so not bad, but just like give it less? Make it of solo? An- it's just like it has no identity origami king just had no identity what are you trying to do Are you trying to be an rpg are you trying to be uh action rpg are you like are, i don't know it just the story was like kind of good but then when you got to the end of it you're like that's a stupid motive um so it's just like what the hell are you doing with the series go back to what you were doing this is so good you guys
1: <laughs> and that's what i've been playing origami king is just top tier it's just top tier so it's not (laughs) it's it's so good and it's so funny when
2: when the battle system becomes a chore it's not a good game like that's the thing the battle system became a chore because there's no actual reason to battle there's no reason like you you start the game with twenty thousand coins and it's almost impossible to spend all of them throughout Mm. the game like And the only purpose of fighting is to get a coin. Like the boss battles are fun, but oh my God, like just random encounters were such a drag. I would get, uh, I don't know. We don't need to get into (laughs) anything, but like, Uh, no, it's not good. It's not, it's not Paper Mario 64 good. Not even close, not even the same ballpark. uh,
1: We have different opinions, everybody. (laughs) I, I will say, I, I cracked before we get, I get to you, Jacob. I will say, when you actually got into Barstool Castle and all of them were fighting, all the enemies were fighting and everything. That was a great scene. I fell out laughing. I had to pause the game. Just be like, this is a bunch of nonsense and I love it. Uh, Jacob, what have you been playing with power? Yeah, so other
0: than my usual things like Mario Kart, Minecraft, Pokemon, um I've been playing. Well, I say playing. I devoured a little game called The Messenger by, uh, developed by. Oh, sweet. Yes, dude. Oh yes. my God. Developed by Sabotage Studio, published by Devolver Digital. Um, action platformer game that messes around with puzzles, puzzle mechanics using time, uh, time travel. It doesn't take itself seriously at all, which is wonderful. Like, I, I, I don't, I often play games with a straight face. Um, when I'm like just playing them for myself, which I played this one completely off stream. Um, and like I was cracking up and chuckling the whole time just because like all like the little demon that comes down every time you die and like has a quip for you and the 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 shopkeeper is always hilarious and like they break the fourth wall a lot. Plus the gameplay itself has like it it brings in a very what like what what is called flow. In in anything really that you do, but in gaming, where like you you kind of forget that you're playing the game and you just kind of become one and move do everything instinctually. Um, It had a lot of that with like the way the game moves. So like when you when you swing your sword, you get an extra an in air jump called an air step, I think, or a wind step. Um, And so there's a lot of platforming that involves that. Uh, I've completely. 100% did the main campaign and I'm now chipping away at the the free DLC the island sunset or whatever it is. Uh, But I picked this game up because of the indie direct that happened where they I think it was sea of stars Is that correct guys do y'all remember and they said that it's tied to this but not necessary I was like, I don't care if it's not necessary. It's tied to it. That means it's necessary for me Um, Cuz that game looks amazing
2: my number one anticipated indie.
0: Uh, yeah, man, same for me right now. Like that's uh, that's why I picked this was so eager to pick this one up and play it. Um highly recommend it. Another game that I've been playing a little bit of lately and I wanted to just shout it out was um uh Guild of Ascension, which actually comes out January 19th for the Nintendo Switch, but uh shout out to PID Publishing. They provided me an early copy of the game and uh developed by Wild One Productions this is a really neat little game. Um, uh, Dan, I don't know if you've heard about this at all, but it's a strategy RPG where the twist is that you have 10 seconds to make your move. And it's all like it's not you don't click through menus, you have to do the things. It's like an action strategy RPG on a grid. And you, it also has rogue light elements where you're making your way through a tower and you have to make it to the top of the tower, but you, you have like very limited, uh, healing capabilities and it's all based on how you do your strategy in the game. You get, you earn things called pledges, which kind of buff the two characters that you have and your characters Mm -hmm. can change what they are based off of what weapon they equip. Um there are a few there are a few graphical glitches. Um nothing too big. One of the funniest one that I've seen is that like one of the characters wears like a jester hat and randomly it'll just go flying around the, the screen for no reason. Um a couple of grammatical errors. Uh I believe Wawan Productions is actually I I wanna say they're a based company but i i don't remember exactly uh i i do remember that they're not they're not based in america or in anywhere that's an english native speaking so i it's forgivable um and then a a few quality of life problems that i have with it like when you select a, a spot on the map that you choose from when you're going into these dungeons you don't get to like return at all you have to you have to like go to that location and then once, if you've like been there already, it'll be like, there's nothing here. And so you you have to then click out. You can't just be like, oh wait, no, don't go there. You just, if you hit it, you just go to it. That's a little uh, annoying, but again, all forgivable. And it's it's really addicting. It's, it's the loop of the roguelite elements where it's just very hard and your decisions matter, but you only have 10 seconds to make it. Um, super, super fun, though I do wish that there were more roguelike elements to it. Like as far as I can tell, the bosses don't change each time, but it's so, it's so quote unquote difficult that I kind of appreciate that they don't change because I don't have to memorize a whole bunch of different boss patterns and like how they attack and what I need to look out for. So that's, that's kind of nice. But yeah, uh, Guild of Ascension comes out January 19th on Nintendo Switch. It's already available on Steam. Uh, but yeah, look look forward to it. Look into it. It's very very cool. All
1: right, um, I've been playing Blossom Tales. Uh, it's a game that it's like an action adventure Zelda kind of style game. I had it on my Switch for a long time, but I'm about to power through that. Um, Chasm, Streets of Rage Four, River City Girls. I. I finished and beat. Uh, I treated like a role playing game <laughs> and everything. I, I'm, I'm right now. I'm playing through it again so I can get all the statues, so I can get the uh, official ending for it. Um, it's really funny, real fun. When I got the ending to the game, I pretty much cracked up. I'm like, "Are you serious? Wow!" And last but not least, uh, started up Paper Mario from uh, for the uh, expansion uh, pass. Really enjoyed this game. Uh, I'm going to be playing a little bit more of it because uh, I need to get it done before Ocar- not Ocarina Time, before Majora's Mass Drop because I got to power do that one too. I can't, I'm can't. i excited to play that. Um, st- Paper Mario is still funny as ever. And I'm Andrew loving Kazooie's the game. is coming out soon too. Yeah, this month. It's supposed to be out. So, yeah. um, Those are the games that I am playing with power. And with that, everybody, that has been uh, Nintendo Power Block. Um, Before we actually go, um, just wanted to let you all know Boss Rush Network has started a Patreon. You can go to www.patreon.com slash Network and check out the, all our tiers that we have on there. Uh, come help support us if you like all the content that we uh, that we create for you guys. Um, there is some, some good bonuses that you guys are able to check out. Um, we do recommend that. You know, take a, take a look. See which ones you think that you can support us with. And if you want to support us, go ahead and choose it and everything. But But that everybody uh, thank you Dan thank you Jacob uh, where actually I forgot Dan where can we find you <laughs> you can
2: find me on twitter at dcdm uh, 99 and you can find my articles on www.bossrush.net I actually just put out an article today of my top 10 indies that released on switch in 2021 if you want to check that out
1: yes Jacob where can we find you
0: you can find me everywhere on the internet at Galutrad. That's G-A-L-U-T-R-A-D.
1: You guys can find me on Twitter at ThabRetraCo. And also join us on our Discord at Nintendo Podblock, And join us at, uh, at PowerBlock Podcast on Twitter. Um, catch up with us. We want to talk to you guys and we want to interact. Um, we got a lot of great things coming for you guys for our 2021 uh, with that, everybody, have a great week, have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time on Nintendo Power Block. Bye, everybody!
0: Bye. Woo-hoo. Bye.
1: Bye.